Welcome to Concordia Journal Currents here at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. My name is Jeff Cloa, and I'm here today with uh, one of our faculty members who is author of a new book. His name is Dr. William Schumacher, Associate Professor of Historical Theology and Dean of Theological Research and Publications here at Concordia. Welcome, Will. Thanks a lot. Will's new book is called, Who Do I Say That You Are? Anthropology and the Theology of Theosis in the Finnish School of Tuomo Monarma. Now, we just finished the Winter Olympics, so I can understand the Finland connection, but Will, help me out with theosis. Theosis means deification. Uh, it's a, a Greek word, the Latin equivalent is deification or a, a divinization. To make God, right. Uh, to make God, to be made God. Right. And it refers to the idea, the fundamental idea of salvation in the Eastern Orthodox Church that uh, to be saved as a human being means to be incorporated into God himself, hmm. to actually participate in God's own being and, and life. Okay. So who do I say that you are? Now, of course, that's sort of the reverse of Jesus' question in the Gospels. What are you getting at? Well, what I'm getting at is <clears throat> that human life is not so much about our own self-existent uh, essence or something, but rather it's entirely dependent on what God says to us, mm. who God says that we are. In other words, that we live directly from the Word of God, which gives us not only our I initial being, but also defines our identity and our existence. Okay. Well, interesting. Finnish theologians, help me out. I mean, this is a little bit, you know, specialist. Uh, who really cares about what some Finnish theologians are talking about? That's exactly what I thought when I first was introduced to the topic. I said, But you had to come up with a dissertation topic somewhere. Well, right? of course, yeah, the book yeah. does grow out of my dissertation, and it, it, uh, you do have to have a, a dissertation topic of some sort. Uh, but I thought, frankly, it was too obscure and, and too weird to ever really catch on, although Tuomo Mannerma is fun to say. Uh, yeah, for you it is. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Manama uh, began his uh, revision of our understanding of Luther back in the 1970s, and it grew directly out of his contact uh, in ecumenical discussions with the Russian Orthodox Church. Of course, in Finland, uh, where Manama was a professor uh, at the University of Helsinki, the, their closest ecumenical contacts, the, the church that, with which they have the most to do, is the Russian Orthodox uh, Church. Okay. So uh, as they talked between Lutherans, who were most of the Finns, mm -hmm. and the Russian Orthodox, they were looking for bridges. They were looking for points of contact uh, okay. that might move their ecumenical discussions further along. Okay. And uh, Manama said that one of the ways to do that is to go back to Luther's writings and uh, reinterpret those, re-look at those, and uh, he claimed that Luther's basic understanding of salvation was very similar to what the Eastern Orthodox were talking about, mm -hmm. namely at, that at the heart of it was this idea of theosis or deification. Ah, okay. So, so it grows out of an ecumenical uh, uh, move or, or desire, and then it's a reevaluation of Luther in light of a modern context. So, so it's really a book about Luther and his theology in a sense. Yes, it, in one sense it is. Okay. Uh, and, and I suppose there's, there's no end of arguments about Luther and his theology. Sure, sure. 
sure. um, uh, Manama and his, his colleagues and students, uh, notably Simo Peura, uh, who succeeded him in the chair of theology at Helsinki, and, and Risto Saarinen, another uh, mm. important systematic theologian okay. uh, in Finland, um, paved the way for a, really quite a, a distinct and somewhat radical reinterpretation of Luther. And this has caused uh, much more uh, of, a, of an impression and waves in the field of Luther studies than you might, might have guessed. I mean, okay. it comes out of Finland, uh, but actually it's become uh, quite a, a popular notion in Luther studies. Really? Okay. I mean, uh, uh, give me an example of how they would appropriate Luther. Uh, what would be some of the sort of differences or, or reinterpretations? Well, the, the, uh, I suppose the classic interpretation of Luther is, is that uh, Luther recovers and, and teaches consistently a, an idea of forensic justification, right. God declaring the sinner righteous. Um, that's probably a little simplistic. In, in correction to that, in opposition to that, uh, Manama and Peora claim that uh, what Luther really taught about justification was uh, that God's own nature is connected to our nature and that this uh, connection with the divine nature is really theosis or, or deification. Hmm. Um, so that we, we're not only called righteous in some kind of legal fiction, right. but uh, actually become righteous through this okay. connection with God. So it's kind of like uh, the movie Avatar. You, you connect in and participate in the divine reality somehow? Uh, well, it's, it's not pantheistic in that, in that sense. It okay. is uh, centered in Christ. Uh, this doesn't happen in, in a sort of, uh, uh, sort of purely spiritual way somehow. Okay. Okay. But definitely the emphasis is on uh, not Christ's work mm -hmm. for us, but rather Christ's nature as God. Uh, uh, that okay. is, the, what, what is salvific about Christ is that he is the God-man, mm. and specifically the, the divine logos, the Son of God, the divine nature. Right. Uh, which is now connected to us. That's their, that's their focus. So it's an attempt to, or, or a way to uh, talk about justification in a different way? Right, right. right. Uh, they, uh, they're fairly explicit about rejecting uh, the development of Luther's theology that came after Luther, specifically uh, okay. like the formula of Concord, <laughs> for uh, instance, okay. uh, which really emphasizes the, the, uh, the righteousness of faith being Christ's obedience right. in our place, mm -hmm. substitutionary and right. vicarious obedience for mm -hmm. us. Um, that they don't emphasize. They said that was a, a departure from what Luther himself taught. Mm. It's interesting the texts from Luther that they choose to emphasize. Um, for instance, uh, repeatedly in, in Toma Mannerma's work, he makes reference to a very early Christmas sermon, Christmas of 1514, Ah. in which Luther, the monk, uh, made reference to the famous dictum of uh, Athanasius that, that God became man right. so that men may become right. God. Right. Um, it's not really clear that Luther at the time had ever read Athanasius' work uh, on the Incarnation, from or, which that yeah. comes, yeah. or that he was using that in the same way. The same and in way. any case, it's a very early... Yeah, uh, right. example of uh, Luther's writings. Mm -hmm. But Monerma says that this really sums up Luther's uh, idea of justification. Mm -hmm. Now, it's obviously very Eastern Orthodox. I mean, John Climacus, uh, the latter 
back to God sort of an idea. Right. Very, very Greek Orthodox. Now, it, it does raise an interesting tension, though, within Lutheranism, because one of our dangers, uh, of course, is, is that the, the justification is divine fiction. God pretends we're righteous, doesn't result in you know, what Paul would call the new creation or, or living uh, in Christ. Um, so, so in a sense, it's a, there is an inherent danger, perhaps, within Lutheranism, uh, uh, very narrowly conceived or described, of, uh, of rejecting any sort of Christian life, which, I mean, do they aid us in this, or, or are they so far off from Luther and, and, and the Pauline letters that uh, there's nothing we can really gain from them? To the extent that they remind us that uh, a Lutheran idea of justification, a biblical doctrine of justification, mm -hmm. is not about a legal fiction. Okay. They do us a service. A legal fiction would mean that uh, God knows that we're not really righteous, right. but God's a nice guy. He's our <laughs> grandfather who art in heaven. Right. Right. And pats us on the head. Pats and, us on the head and says, right. that's all right. Yeah. I'll just pretend right. that, that you're righteous, even though you're really not. Yeah. Well, that's never been... A, a Christian doctrine. Well, I've heard sermons like that. I, I know I have too. Yeah. I have too. Uh, the, uh, but that's never really the doctrine of, of the church, mm -hmm. uh, although it's been distorted in that way. Um, and that's not really what forensic justification means. Right. Forensic justification refers to uh, God's verdict on sinners, mm -hmm. that when all the evidence is in and we are sinners, he nevertheless in spite of that, uh, declares us to be righteous, and his word actually creates a new yeah. reality. Right, exactly. Performs. He performs yeah. what it says. Right, exactly. Um, so and that's, we are what that's the crucial thing, and that, right. that's why everything depends on, uh, on this, the answer to this question, who do I, God, say that you are? Right. Now, this is intriguing. So you say it's very popular in Luther studies. I mean, it must have been, I'm not a Luther studies person, so I don't read stuff about Luther. You should read this. I, sh I should read this. Um, I've read parts of it. Um, uh, has this thinking uh, affected uh, American Lutheranism in any significant way? Interestingly, it has. A couple of the biggest names in uh, uh, sort of general American Lutheran circles, uh, Robert Jensen and Carl Broughton, oh. were very early uh, enthusiastic fans of, of Monerma and the Finnish school. Mm. And they've done a lot to uh, promote the, the publication of Monerma's work and the work of his students. Oh, really? And uh, to promote this idea among, uh, among American Lutherans. I think there, I mentioned earlier that Monerma's initial interest was not really as a historian, mm -hmm. not really right. as a Luther scholar per se, uh, but as an ecumenical uh, right. theologian. Uh, looking for bridges and points of contact. I think for the American uh, Lutherans like Broughton and Jensen, the so-called evangelical Catholics, okay. the, the motivation is actually similar. They're looking for mm. bridges and points of contact, not so much with the Eastern Orthodox, but with the Roman Catholic Church, mm. first and foremost. Okay. And uh, I think that the, uh, the idea of theosis or, or deification, the idea of being uh, united in a, in a real and ontological way, right. uh, not just merely forensic, right. uh, appeals to them as well and for some of the same reasons. Well, it appeals to, I think, human nature. It's essentially, uh, uh, in its crass form, just a Gnostic worldview where we escape the flesh, we become participants with the divine reality, um, uh, we become gods. I mean, this is... This we become is more than human. More than human, exactly. Uh, and that's yeah. the title, actually, of, of 
the important book by Mannermau's colleague, oh, Simo really? Peora. It's called More Than Human. As if being human is not a yeah, good thing. It's not being right? a good thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, you, that to be saved really means to transcend or escape or uh, go beyond the limitations of being human creatures. Wow. This is uh, actually kind of startling that this would be a, uh, uh, well, in any case. Um, the last chapter, Will, you, you uh, uh, summarized the Lutheran confessions and their anthropology. And I found that interesting because, you know, the confessions don't have a locus or a, a section, a chapter specifically dedicated to the title anthropology or, or, you know, human nature sort of a thing. But they assume, of course, an anthropology and, and a situation between God and people. And, and I suspect that, that for the average pastor, this would be the most uh, sort of directly relevant chapter. Um, could you summarize, if you would, what you, what you found in the confessions regarding anthropology? Yeah, you're right uh, that there, there isn't a sort of separate article, uh, locus de homine, uh, in the Lutheran confessions. And in our dogmatic tradition, I think this is a, an area in which our theology is not really well developed. Right. I mean, there's uh, always an assumption. Right? There's an there's, assumption about right. this. There's but sort of this underlying, right. underlying uh, framework for understanding it. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the end, that's really what became the most interesting to me about studying these Finnish theologians and, and even sort of go, going back and reading Luther closely is, what really is at stake? You know, what do they say about what it means to be human? Mm -hmm. um, and how does that compare with a, a, a genuine confessionally Lutheran way of understanding this? So I have to sort of read the, the Lutheran confessions of looking for that, mm -hmm. looking for an answer to that question about anthropology, about who we are and what it means to be a human creature. First and foremost, it means that we are creatures uh, and that that's good. Mm -hmm. That that's, uh, that's what we're, we're made to be, that uh, God forms us and, and uh, speaks us into existence precisely to be right. creatures uh, and to be in a relationship with him as creatures to their creator. Right. Uh, and with one another. And with one another. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> as it happens. As it happens, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with other creatures as well. Yeah. So uh, the uh, first thing to say is that we're creatures mm -hmm. and that our sinfulness, the fall into sin and the corruption of human nature, doesn't destroy that good creatureliness. Mm -hmm. So you could say that, in, in, in a sense, there's, this, uh, there's a new seamal in Lutheran theology that uh, we've always known about, but we haven't really explicitly said, that we're, we're not just seamal justus et peccator, you know, the, right. at the same time righteous and uh, sinner, but we're at the same time creatures and sinners. Uh, that our sinfulness doesn't negate, negate. Yeah, our creatureliness, mm. that we don't stop being good creatures of God, right. not in a sort of moral or salvific way, right. but creatures of God, and that that's a positive thing about our, our creation. Right. There's actually material for that in the formula where it talks about original sin and oh. rejects the idea that, that uh, original sin is actually the nature of human beings. Right, um, right. Well, it's certainly not the biblical narrative. Right, right. right. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the... the the, the old seamal that we all know so well is also true that mm -hmm. although we are sinners, we are at the same time righteous. How's that possible? Because we live from this word of God, from right. this uh, address to us. Mm -hmm. Everything that we are, our creatureliness comes from God's creating word. Our sinfulness is established by God's law, right. by him condemning us and killing us as, as sinners. And our new life in Christ, our life as, as justus, uh, as, uh, as righteous, um, 
comes about by his speaking to us again the word of the gospel. Hmm. This word of new life, this word right. of forgiveness, this word of justification. And so the goal of the Christian life is not to get out of the body and leave the world and, and contemplate God or something like this, but to be his people. But to be to his, live people, as his people. In to, his creation. To live under him in his, his kingdom. kingdom. Serve in everlasting innocence, righteousness, and blessedness. Yeah. And you see, uh, quoting the small catechism like that uh, is sort of an echo of how I approach this in the, mm. in the chapter you mentioned, because I think the, the, the place to start, in some sense, reading the Lutheran confessions is with the small catechism. Uh, or with Luther's catechisms together. Right. And those are sort of the central texts. Yeah. Uh, or the Apostles' Creed. I mean, you could take a step back. But you could we'll take a step back. Yeah. You're in the Confessions, too. Yeah. I mean, they, right. that's true. Right. That's true. But uh, so you start with the, the most basic stuff. You don't look for obscure footnotes somehow, but you, <laughs> you start with the really basic stuff that every Christian knows and should know. Right. Um, and you, you build on that. Excellent. Excellent. So it's a, it's a helpful tool, the book in general, to help... Uh, reorient us um, not only around Luther and his theology, but, but what it means to be uh, in relation to God, to be his people. I hope so. What I yeah. tried to do in the last chapter is really uh, recover anthropology as a, as a, a positive feature of our theology. Um, you know, I was, I was trained in, in Peeper. It's uh, <laughs> not so bad. That's not so bad. Yeah. There's it, 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 great stuff there. Right. Uh, but Pieper's treatment of, of human nature is just a, a couple of pages. It's a, mm. it's, it's, a, right. it's a very, very short section of what it means to be human. He has 50 or 60 pages on angels. So it's as if we actually knew more about angels than we do about oh. what it means to be human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now he has a big, long section on sin. Of course. Right. You know, the, the negative mm -hmm. side of, of anthropology is always the doctrine of sin. But the, but the positive side of developing what it really means to be a human creature, both as creature, and that's something we have in common with all human beings, believers right. or not, right. but also specifically as creatures restored now in Christ, um, that I think needs to be much more fully developed in our theology. That's what I tried to do in the last yeah, chapter. And that's probably the part of the book that's of, of most general interest. All right, all right. Excellent. Well, and then after you read this, you can go read the New Testament and find the same thing. That. <laughs> That's gratifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm uh, happy to recommend and bring to your notice uh, a new book by our professor, William Schumacher. Uh, who do you say, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> I see I teach too many Gospels. Who do I say that you are? Uh, published by Whiff and Stock Publishers, W-I-P-F, Whiff and Stock, I guess mm -hmm. we'll say that, uh, 2010, and available online and uh, booksellers everywhere. And at Amazon. Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening to Concordia Journal Currents.